G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Monday, we do like to check in with the Australian Christian Lobby, usually a very jam-packed political agenda, things changing very quickly. Dan Flynn is Deputy Director of the ACL. Dan's back with us. Dan, welcome along to 2020. Fabulous to be here, Neil. Now, Dan, I don't think you were in Perth, but on Saturday night, the RAC Arena in Perth, and hard to imagine for so many on the East Coast that there are the events like this being sold out. Uh, did you hit that 5,000 capacity? Oh, look, it's hard to say, Neil, um, not having been there. But I, I think I did hear from the stage there were 4,500 people there. So that's probably, you know, um, it's probably good to sort of, yeah, state it conservatively. I do know that uh, it, it really was a sellout event. Um, but... Um, yeah, I think four and a half thousand is probably, um, you know, the, the right way to put it. But that's, in any view, is just a staggering sort of crowd. Um, and in terms of the political impact of that, it's it's really quite staggering. What we saw, I think, Neil, was just um, so many Western Australians probably enjoying their freedom. I know we're all very jealous here in the um, in the eastern states. Uh, most of us being sort of locked up, and um, but it's uh, yeah, it's very inspiring and. I think Martin really brought a word about uh, righteousness, both in the in the public and the private sense, and and the power of Jesus to um, uh, yeah, really I think to 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 set people free and to uh, provide a, a good moral compass for the nation. So it was a nation building speech, and um, I think there were there were certainly four and a half thousand people who watched it live stream as well. So um, I think we could definitely say you know nine thousand people took that in live. So that was a wonderful, wonderful event. Uh, and uh, Martin, of course, um, um, will continue these events uh, in Albany on Wednesday, Bunbury and Geraldton uh, over the next few days before he moves to Tasmania. So lots of excitement there, Martin, and uh, great to see our volunteers and supporters. Obviously, this is a, a volunteer uh, movement, and you know there were hundreds of uh, keen Western Australians uh, helping people in, looking after their needs, and just wonderful to see. I mean, we've been talking about the idea of rock star receptions wherever Martin Isles is speaking, and uh, that's just another example on Saturday night in Perth. Uh, you mentioned Albany's coming up this Wednesday night, and uh, for listeners in Albany, uh, already sold out. Uh, Bunbury on the 23rd, already sold out. And uh, Geraldton on the twenty fifth. Uh, I'm I'm aware that there are some some seats still available there. But you mentioned uh, Dan the idea that these events are being live streamed. So for listeners all around Australia, just because these events are happening in WA, Martin touches on the very uh, most current issues that the nation is facing right now. So uh, the idea, wherever you're listening in Australia, you can actually be part of these live stream events. Well, let's, let's certainly hope so. Neil, we, uh, the uh, Perth uh, Arts Centre um, facilitated a great live stream 
footage for us um, and um, uh, I'm not absolutely certain that's going to happen at the other venues uh, but we certainly uh, had the red rod, you know, the red carpet rolled out for us in Perth after the uh, the government's sort of embarrassing cancellation and then you know backflip. So uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, uh, yeah red carpet treatment was uh, provided uh, to the ACL team. There, it was an incredibly peaceful event uh, with no no sense of disruption and um, yeah beautifully presented uh, by Martin and assisted of course by. Uh, Wendy Francis uh, uh, as the MC, Peter Abetz, uh, our local man on the ground. Uh, so yeah, it was a wonderful uh, blessing and something that I think you know uh, can be enjoyed online. If people go to our Facebook, they can enjoy that uh, anytime, day or night. It's up there and well worth watching. And uh, as you say, after a little bit of embarrassment there from the state government, uh, where we were all recognising cancel culture on a state scale, uh, that was pretty significant. And no doubt that actually drew more attention to the events than they might have ordinarily gained. But uh, acl.org.au... Uh, to take note of those events that are coming up in Western Australia and you've got some more coming over on the East Coast as well, acl.org.au. Let's touch on some of the big issues that are heating up right now, Dan. Uh, A focus to Victoria where there's a move there to make all sex work legal and particularly street work and unlicensed massage parlours. I mean, how can this happen? What's, What's happening in Victoria? Well, this will all be part of a deal by the Daniel Andrews government with Fiona Patton. So Fiona Patton is uh, formerly of the Sex Party and uh, now she calls herself the Reason Party. Um, You know, Fiona has it on the public record that she herself was uh, involved in prostitution at one point in her her life. And so she uh, is an advocate for uh, the prostitution industry. And, um, you know, we have seen uh, from Fiona Patton, from the crossbench in the upper house, uh, she has led issues such as euthanasia, uh, such as uh, trying to get rid of the Lord's Prayer. Um, Every, um, uh, you know, I suppose we would call it, uh, you know, a ban on parents talking to their kids about gender. You name it, she's behind it. Uh, She's she's quite uh, favourable to abortion. And now she's got the Andrews government in a headlock. And I suspect there's some sort of um, arrangement uh, that's, that's taken place. Uh, Daniel Andrews' government has said, well, we appointed Fiona Patton to provide a report on deregulating the sex industry, and we will, we will follow her report. So here's a, a crossbencher uh, who's now you know, leading the government agenda. So... What this means really for, uh, for traffic people uh, is more trouble, Neil. Uh, there, is a, there are about 100 licensed brothels uh, in Melbourne and probably 400 unlicensed, which is basically massage parlours. And uh, street work uh, is illegal, and that's obviously to, um, yeah, to protect women and, and uh, uh, to try and put some limit on the industry. But her, under her plan, everything would be legal, uh, which is basically an invitation to sex traffickers. Uh, Melbourne is a good destination port uh, for vulnerable um, uh, girls from Eastern Europe or, or parts of Asia, wh- wherever else they are marginalised. Uh, they will find um, 
you know, in, in inverted commas, work uh, in Melbourne. And so it's a very, very challenging. Uh, we know the prostitution um, is deadly on families. Uh, it's deadly on marriage. And it's, it's um, you know, very harmful to the women who are involved. And so um, it's the ACL's plan to have a position where um, the purchase of sex uh, is criminalised and subject to fines. And that would, in fact, dry the industry up uh, because uh, it would strike at the, at the heart of the business model. Um, but uh, Fiona Patton is, uh, has got the government to agree that they are going to decriminalise all sex work. So it's a really concerning development and it's concerning about the, the uh, political dynamics in Victoria. I mean, only last week we were celebrating that her move to get rid of the Lord's Prayer had failed. But in the fine print somewhere was a statement by the Attorney-General uh, saying, well, we, if we're re-elected, uh, we'll look for a model to replace the Lord's Prayer. So Fiona Patton is the leader of the band here in Victoria, and it's very concerning. Well, when you say that Fiona Patton is typically behind all of these anti-Christian bills that come before the Victorian Parliament, and uh, the challenging thing uh, with that, of course, uh, is that, as you say, in some ways, and we might be a little bit... Uh, uh, unaware of how this all happens, but as you say, having the Victorian government in a headlock and uh, really driving the agenda, which is just uh, unbelievable. It just uh, There's another bill too that just is perhaps not quite as prominent as that one right now, but Fiona Patton's also behind this anti-vilification bill in Victoria too, and that poses some problems. Perhaps a, a quick mention of that, Dan. Well, the idea of this anti-vilification bill is that if somebody speaks in a way that you know offends somebody from the trans um, community uh, or somebody who's gay, if they're offended perhaps by someone's statement of religious belief that they believe that marriage should be between a man and a woman or there are two genders, then guess what? Fiona Patton's got a solution for that. It's called the anti-vilification bill. And so... Um, uh, conduct that's likely to incite, uh, you know, any sort of adverse reaction effectively against, um, um, you know, these statements uh, that will be criminalised. So um, there's a real free speech issue here. And um, I, I know that the Institute of Public Affairs, not a Christian organisation, are saying that um, uh, this anti-free speech law would be many times worse than the federal section 18C um, about you know uh, the the offending of people giving cause to a right of action. So any speech could potentially become unlawful, and the assessment will be whether the uh, speech caused harm, which you and I know is code for um, causing offence. So that's something we are very much on the watch for. We do have a campaign that's up and going about that that we are going to. Um, you know, revitalise that campaign because we expect some further announcements on that bill in September. Dan, let's turn our attention to the federal parliament and we have been monitoring along this Children Born Alive bill. Uh, it was introduced in parliament last Tuesday by George Christensen. Uh, what's the latest on that and uh, your thoughts on how that is being received? One of the best speech is ever given uh, in the federal parliament was given last week by George Christensen 
and it was the um, uh, second reading speech of the Human Rights Children Born Alive Bill. And there was a lot of fuss, Neil, about, well, you know, does the federal parliament have the constitutional right to uh, talk about anything that relates to abortion? And of course, his point was, well, no, baby is born, so under our international obligation, uh, our obligation to children, then, um, you know, we have a breathing child. That's why it's a federal issue. So he dealt with a lot of the fussy points about, you know, constitutionality and said that, look, this bill is constitutional, but what is unconstitutional uh, is the deliberate destruction of living, breathing, uh, you know, babies with a heartbeat. And it was a, a brilliant speech. So that bill has been launched um, that requires health practitioners to provide relevant medical care to a baby born alive. Now, that may be palliative care, um, but it's got to be relevant uh, medical care. And some of these children do actually live and thrive and have meaningful lives. There are examples across the world of that. And clearly, if it, if it saved only one life, it would be totally worth it. So, yeah, the bill's tabled. Uh, its future is unknown. Neil, it will take somewhat of a miracle for this ever to be brought to a vote. That's the challenge for, for George Christensen. Dan, typically when these babies are born alive and left to die, it's usually in the context of this idea of a late-term abortion because ordinarily viable babies, but the numbers are staggering for people who think, oh, that doesn't happen or it must be a very rare thing. Uh, there's record of uh, some states, and some states don't record the statistics, but there are some that talk uh, that are able to uh, to uh, release details on the number of babies that were born alive. Uh, what are your thoughts on some of those states? Look, absolutely, Neil, and you know the information that George based his bill on came from the uh, the federal parliamentary library. So you cannot, you know, they 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 commissioned. Uh, he commissioned a report from them and they provided the statistics on babies born alive. So you won't get a more impartial, um, blindfolded type of judge than the uh, the parliamentary library. And they gave numbers which indicated that in Victoria, for example, um, you know, it's something of the order of uh, 33 to 53 babies a year that are born alive and subsequently left to die. They're the ones we have records of. That's about one a week. Uh, so that's pretty serious. And he highlighted, Neil, that Queensland Health, uh, where many of your listeners are from, uh, have provided a guideline when babies are born alive after an abortion, which says, and I quote, life-saving care is not rendered to the baby and it is left to perish in the clinic. Record the time of death. That is, that's 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 heartless, and that's yep. what the um, Queensland Health provide. Yeah, you're calling on the government to allow the bill to be debated as a private member's bill. There's no guarantee that it's going to get to a point where it'll be voted on. Uh, what are your thoughts for next steps here? And is there a way that listeners today can participate in this and have their voice heard? Absolutely, Neil. Uh, there is a uh, a campaign on our website that is sending out hundreds and thousands of emails to members of parliament. Excuse me, the real deal is this. An absolute majority of the parliament has to vote to uh, to lift standing orders so that uh, the bill can be brought on for a vote. The problem with that is that this is not part of the government's agenda. 
And so while the coalition should support this wholeheartedly, um, they're, they're not because it's not part of their agenda. And uh, that's the problem that George faces. And, you know, it, it makes me think, and I'm sure your listeners think, uh, we need more Christians uh, in the parliament who will call us out for what it is and stand up in the party room uh, to say we must legislate this important reform. Well, I'll point listeners to the ACL website where you can participate in some of these activities and you can find out the details too about the next Truth of It Live events, the ones that are coming up in Western Australia this Wednesday, uh, then uh, the following Monday, and then in Geraldton the following Wednesday on the 25th. The meeting in Geraldton, there's still some seats available, but acl.org.au, and you'll find how you can participate in some of these other campaigns that are being run by the Australian Christian Lobby uh, on all of these variety of issues. Uh, Dan Flynn, always good getting your up Date. Thanks so much for joining us once again today on 2020. It's my pleasure, Neil. Thank you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.